This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, this week's edition on America's Web Radio, a weekly look at the buzz and drones, autonomous cars, Internet of Things, and everything in between. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wharton, again, coming to you on America's Web Radio. And while I am an attorney with the law firm of Hall Booth Smith, I'm not your attorney on this. This is intended instead as a conversation on all the technology buzz and engaging and educating. So with that, I think we have an exciting show together or put together for everyone today. And we're just going to jump right in a little bit. And first of all, didn't know we were quite ahead of the game with the last episode where we talked about autonomous cars because apparently Tesla still hasn't figured out how to uh, how to drive and according to the Wall Street Journal they are planning to pin an overview of how their systems work so stay tuned folks Elon Musk will be sharing with us a little bit about how Tesla system is working and we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of the buzz in the media on drones, autonomous cars and then once you start talking about drones on and where they're going and building in the national airspace once the FAA's rules take effect at the end of August, then what you're going to be left with is a lot of a lot of buzz going on in the sky above and you're hearing a lot of venture capital noise and the FAA has started looking at their systems but a lot of companies are trying to tell you that they can identify who's in your airspace these drone detection systems both from a commercial aspect as well as protecting or identifying what's in the airspace above your home. So on today's show, when we get into our discussions with the guests, we have two guests that are experts in this area. We're going to welcome back Drew Porter with Red Mesa. Drew's going to give us a little bit of an overview of what, how these drones and how they fit into and the drone detection systems play off each other and what what they can do and what they can't do. And then we're going to be joined by uh, Scott Schober, who is a wireless and cellular expert and noted author. And Scott's going to tell us a little bit about some projects he's been working on, but really what can these systems do and what we should be on the lookout for. But again, I think it's going to be an exciting show. And before we get too deep into that, again, going to tie back into what we were talking about last week with Tesla. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is still looking into that fatal accident. And following on the heels of that and then the Wall Street Journal's disclosure today that Elon Musk will be giving us a little deeper look into how Tesla's handling that, Nissan has begun showcasing their upcoming Serena minivan that's going to be equipped with ProPilot technology. And what I found fascinating with that is the Nissan's taking more of the approach that Volvo was, and they're 
going to continue to require the drivers to keep their hands, Nissan's case, on the wheel. If you take your hands off of the sensors, don't indicate that your hands are gripping that steering wheel, then a little alarm's going to go off. And they're using a single camera system to guide traffic and lanes. But my question for Nissan is, well, then what about those who... While stuck in traffic, I'm not admitting to anything, but maybe putting on makeup or doing other things, you're at a stoplight. Is the alarm going to go off for that as well? Because if so, it's going to be a noisy commute for some people. But points to ponder. And if you missed our last episode, I encourage you to catch up with it on America's Web Radio. Go to the website, Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Liz Page. And catch all the old former episodes and i don't know about y'all but i'll admit i have been fascinated with all of the buzz going around with pokemon go which was released as of date of this show a week ago and you cannot turn on the news walk through a hall, walk around your neighborhood without hearing about this latest game from Nintendo. And it's an augmented reality game in the sense of you're trying to capture fictional characters, Pokemon, and using maps and walking around your neighborhood. Well, the game has been heralded, putting aside any privacy issues that have been raised and some legitimate and others I believe Nintendo and Pokemon are addressing but it's really intended to get you off the couch hence the go in the name of the game well some creative folks from one of the companies out in San Diego decided that go part when it starts getting into the summer heat was not going to work for them so they took a cell phone, added as a payload onto a DJI Inspire, and I recommend anyone who's either playing the game, and the question is whether they're cheating, when you put your cell phone on the drone, flying it around, and using that to capture, you know, get the points for walking around, but to capture the fictional Pokemon. So, again, i raise that issue let me know your thoughts on whether that truly is cheating or not but with that in mind i'm just wondering how quickly i can get uh, one of my cell phones loaded onto my one of my drones but it, it raises the issue and brings kind of full circle back to there's going to be more than flying around and the FAA and FBI have been testing their own drone detection systems. Uh, According to the FAA's website, really they were unveiling those at different airports during May and June. And you read the news, and D-Drone, one of the drone tracking companies, they recently announced a $10 million Series A round you wonder what what can we do we talked about on earlier episode 
of the show that you can't shoot them down. That's illegal. You can't jam them, as uh, our next guest and I have previously talked about as well. So the only thing you really can do at this point right now, at least in the United States, is you can find out if they're in your airspace. But how do you do that? And how how do you identify what value is that information? And we're going to bring on Drew Porter with, again, Red Mesa and an RF and SDR expert researcher to give us a breakdown of, okay, so all the, you know, is it snake oil that we're being sold or how is this, how do these systems work and how, what can they do? What signals and what information can be identified? So with that, I'd like to welcome on to the show, Drew Porter. Drew, thanks for calling in. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. No, my, my pleasure. And on behalf of the listeners, thank you. So, Drew, I know we've talked before about being able to use drones in research and other, you know, that, I'd say the hacker mentality, but, you know, some of the Wi-Fi vulnerabilities and how these are opening up new uh, issues. But when we're talking about detecting what's in your airspace, what are we... What are the basic building blocks for this? Yeah, so um, drones use RF radio frequencies to communicate with the controller. So the owner of the drone, hopefully the owner, I should say, uh, the operator, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, and hopefully it's not some malicious third party that's trying to take over the drone. Um, But uh, you know, the operator of the drone, uh, they're controlling it with a controller, whether it be on a computer or an actual, like what we see as like a RC controller or remote control, uh, airplane controller, and flying it around. Now, uh, the, the basic building blocks for how all this works is um, you have what's called a uh, transmitter uh, or transceiver, and um, you have two of those, one on the actual drone or it can just have a receiver. Um, and then the, uh, the radio controller will have the transceiver. Um, so it's, it's basically those two are going to be linked. They have to have a way to communicate. So you have one on the aircraft and then one on whatever the controller is, correct? Most definitely, yes. Um, so the, uh, the easiest way to think about that is uh, if you have like an AM radio in your car, uh, you flip it onto a station and you start receiving um, signal, which turns out to be voice. The drone works the exact same way, except it interpretates these signals and applies actions to the motors. So the radios in them are not that much different in theory than the radios in your car or you know the, the radios that you use if you have one still at your house listening to music, FM, or, or AM talk radio. And so, that was, I was say, that was one of the, I was reading an article, and I hate to not give credit to the other, I believe it was a Vox art, art, article, but it talked about how even our cell phones have FM uh, receivers inside them, correct? Uh, yes, uh, some do. Um, 
will have a FM Bluetooth Wi-Fi module. And you ra- you raise a, I'll say, you bring kind of bringing us back, uh, mentioning the Bluetooth. I mean, really, all of our Internet of Things devices have some form of receiver transmitter in them, correct? I mean, is that how they communicate even on a broader sense? All these devices have have some way to send out a signal and some way to receive a signal. Yes, that is correct. Uh, everything, uh, many things that we are you know, interfacing with today uh, do have some type of connectivity option with them. And that relies on the same exact principles with the drones. They have a transceiver and a receiver. And uh, with that, you can, we, we can't jam, as you said, but we can abuse or we can use that against the drones and both taking over them, um, which, again, I'm not recommending, uh, as well as detecting them. So we there is something that will be seen if you have another radio. So similar to if I've if I'm listening to radio in my car, then if I'm too close to another station or you have you get you can tell when something's there, you know, uh, and we're going to jump to the break. And so, Drew, if you can help us figure out after this commercial break, really, how do you decipher through this noise? Uh, you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, and we've got Drew Porter. And today we're talking about the detecting the drones, friend or foe, 
what are they doing? And Drew was explaining to us right before the break about really how not only the drone aircraft and controllers are communicating, but all of our similar Internet of Things devices certainly are communicating that there's a lot of noise that gets the static and, so to speak, using the FM receiver example. But, Drew, how do these detection devices know how to filter through all of that? Are there unique signals that are coming from the drone aircraft? Uh, So there are um, what could be considered unique signals uh, coming from the drone. But more importantly, a lot of these systems, what they'll look for is in this particular area, they'll take what's called a baseline. So they're receiving, you know, a large amount of signal or a large, uh, they're receiving uh, a large amount of bandwidth and scanning that more so, seeing what is in the area. And then when they see a spike in something, um, the actual frequency, there'll be a spike. They'll know, okay, something is in this area. Now, is it a drone? They don't know yet. There has to be some type of um, visual confirmation um, for the most part with that. But it's just as if you were, you know, going through the radio station on your radio and you're driving in the middle of the desert, you know, like on the 10 freeway from Arizona to California, and you turn to all these different frequencies and you're not getting anything. Uh, And then all of a sudden you get a station that comes in loud and clear. That's exactly how a lot of these detection systems are working. Um, But they're scanning through these frequency ranges many, many times per second. You know, from uh, some of these drone detection systems scan from like um, like 10 megahertz to 48 gigahertz, and they claim they can do that, you know, in, in just a few seconds. So when a drone comes in, the operator of the actual drone detection system will see a spike and it will tell you the spike came from, you know, this quadrant that we had um, and that's how these work. Well, Just, but and the, yes. I was going to say, and it, 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 when we're talking about these drone detection systems, really there are uh, the ones I've had the benefit of seeing uh, demonstrations of, it, it's putting out receivers, so to speak, or their unique proprietary system, but it's really setting up perimeter, correct, and establishing kind of a mapping that if you have a large area that, similar to if you were setting up a home security system and deciding where to put your cameras, they put their detection sensors around the perimeter so that they can try to cover as much of the airspace as possible. So when you're talking about one of these receivers picks up the radio station in the desert, uh, it it triggers and it creates this map, but when you're, how do you know, and you've set the baseline, how do you know it's not a cell phone coming into the area or another IoT device? Uh, yeah, so uh, there are two further things that we can do. 
the first one is the simplest, which is um, a lot of drone detection systems will have some type of optical sensor, uh, which is just like a video camera, right? Mm-hmm. And the camera will pan to where the sensor is, and then they'll look for any movement, small movement in that area. The second way to do this is uh, a, a much more advanced technique, and that there is drones, that there's a wide range of companies that sell radio modules for drones, but a lot of them uh, operate similarly in how they transmit data. So you can see how they're actually transmitting data and determine this, you know, we have a high probability this is a drone. So you've got the, you've got the audio, which is you've, you've perceived the noise, so to speak, uh, You've, you've, you're receiving the station. Now, is that different? So we've got the visual, we've got the camera that has turned, identified, and the systems I've seen, they can identify the flight pattern to, to distinguish between a bird or this is how a drone typically flies, and they make that recognition. Then when we're talking about the audio, it, they make certain noises. We're not talking about the same thing that you were describing before, though. Are we with the capturing the signal of you know the radio stations? So, so the radio signals. The RF is different from ones that say, well, we have an audio signature, correct? Or? Uh, correct. So it's not like when you're turning the station and you get music through your radio. This particular audio, um, and I think some also use like a ultrasonic um, they'll have super sensitive microphones that actually listen for the buzzing of the drones. So I say fans and of Orange of is the new black this season uh, are familiar with the buzz and knowing up oh, there's a drone in the area. So it, it's not just for video games and TV shows. I mean, it, the noise is real, right? The, the noise is very real, and the bigger the drone, obviously, the louder the noise, the more propellers it has, uh, the more props it has, the louder the noise signature is going to be. Um, now, th- there is talk that there's way to silence or mute this type of noise. Um, some people find it annoying, so they want to mute that type of sound as much as possible or, or silence it as much as possible. Um so that's where, again, the, the radio interface part of this uh, really comes into play and is the reliable source. So we've got, the, we've got the visual, we've got the audio and the noise, and then you were describing how we can capture that RF, the radio frequencies, that something has raised the noise for it, you know, that it's above the, shouting above the crowd. Now... Once we, but all that's doing is telling us that somebody is, or that there is a station in the vicinity. At least you there, Liz. Pardon? Oh no! And I say, Drew's calling in, so if we've lost him, we're in big trouble because I am not the RF expert. But uh, going through with the detection systems and where Drew's expertise comes into play is really looking at this third element, so to speak, but then bringing up where Drew was 
about leading us to is uh, bringing up the software-defined radio is being able to delve deeper into what these communications are. And it's an element that, at least from what I've seen in various drone detection systems, they really haven't gotten into, which is the software-defined radio and being able to go deeper into the noise. Because, okay, we've seen the visual that a drone is in the vicinity of our airspace. We've identified the buzz, the audio, the noise. We've then confirmed with the RF frequency that, all right, there is something indeed transmitting and receiving in our area. So Drew's back on with us. And Drew, can you tell us a little bit more? You were starting to go into this. The So what? The SDR side of it. I want to know what else this drone is doing in my airspace. Are we there yet? Yeah. So uh, we are there. Um, where some of my early research actually was going into back in like 2011, looking to see if we can intercept drone information and what we can do with that. And at that time, the, the point was to take over the drone. Um, as, as Which is one, and it's still yep. one of the options that, you know, that next step of the drone detection is, well, how do I get it out of my airspace? Being able to then take over the controls. But if we're trying to decide, is it a wayward, is it, you know, a child playing in a nearby park lost control of their aircraft or is it a malicious individual trying to as we talked about before with the war driving are they trying to connect to our system our our network be it if we're an office building or even one of the utility companies how do we how do we decide that or how do we determine that yeah so one of the great things about software-defined radios, and I don't know how far you got into software-defined radios. Oh, I know um, when to leave it to the experts. So, <laughs> um, so a software-defined radio is actually a multi-part system. Um, we have what's known as the radio interface, which will be usually the board that has, you know, the filters, the amplifiers, um, and some type of what's called a field program- programmable gate array, FPGA, on it. Oh, yeah, the FPGA. Uh Uh-huh. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it will be a component that's then hooked up to a computer. And um, the whole, the computer and that radio interface is actually what's called the software-defined radio. Um, You know, when they're separated, they're no longer a software-defined radio. So you do need those both parts. But um, one of the awesome things with software-defined radio is we no longer need multiple radios to cover a wide uh, range of frequencies, we can have one radio that can cover a wide range. Therefore, we can say um, the drone detection system, hey, we found a drone. And then the next set of um, commands that the computer can send to the radio is, cool, we found a drone. We want to see if there's any other um, you know, frequencies or any other items coming from it. Um, Basically, is it, so what you're saying is, is it trying to do something else? So it's communicating back and forth with its controller, and that communication is going to be 
fairly continual. Well, depending on if it's on, in an autonomous mode, but you're looking for a different radio transmit. I mean, because it's all signals. So you're just looking for a different signal coming out. Right. And so. what else are you looking for with that? So you're, are you looking at how long it is, what frequency range it's in? I mean, what what's useful information? Yeah, the, the first thing that we're going to look for is going to be what frequency is it operating at, right? So let's say it's operating at 2.4 gigahertz. The drone is operating at, let's say, you know, 900 megahertz, and then something's operating at 2.4 gigahertz, um, and then we see something operating at 5.8 gigahertz. Okay, so we have two other frequencies that we have uh, transmitting. We can look into that like 5.8 gigahertz frequency, and we can capture the signal. We can reverse that signal and see uh, if it's you know not encrypted. Um, we can see generally the type of data that it's transmitting. And a lot of times, when you detect 5.8 gigahertz coming from a drone, it's actually sending video so, back and, to its operator. And Drew, you are setting us up perfectly for our next yes and unfortunately we could talk for days and hopefully you will join us again but uh, looking at what we can do from the cellular side and what those are that's going to be excellent but thank you drew uh porter with red mesa for joining us you're listening to america to buzz off with lawyer liz on america's web radio whether cruising the strip in a 57 chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. 
And welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, at Lawyer Liz, on Twitter. And before the break, we had been talking with uh, Drew Porter from Red Mason. Drew had been setting the foundation for what these drone detection uh, companies, apps, systems were doing from a radio frequency and with the software uh, defined radio and could not have thank uh, could not thank Drew enough because he set it up perfectly for our next guest joining us, which is Scott Schober. And Scott, I you are a cybersecurity and wireless technology expert, noted author, speaker, and I'm not going to do it enough justice. So since it's your first time on the show, give you a warm welcome, and then if you could share with us a little bit of why. I'm in awe that you're able to join the show and talk about this topic with us. Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, it's interesting as our our company, uh, we're a privately held company, Berkeley Biotronics, in business about 44-plus years. Um, We've been doing stuff in the wireless industry since the mid to late 80s. So that's kind of our bread and butter, developing tools and then all the offshoots of the tools that we develop for building out cell towers and security devices to keep people safe from wireless threats. The drone is kind of a natural fit as it slowly has evolved and gotten more popular. Uh, It crisscrosses a lot of the stuff we do in the cybersecurity realm. So hackers obviously have their eyes toward drones and terrorists and bad guys of all sorts. So I I am amazed how many times drone something related comes across our screen here and and people are asking about help and uh, for simple things, for putting out forest fires, stopping people from flying the drones over and taking pictures or potential threats. uh, Well, as I say, and that's how I first really got to know some of your research and that, I mean, because y'all really have built a a solid foundation in looking at kind of the cellular detection, especially with law enforcement, uh, identifying when a cell phone is in a restricted area when it when those signals are going back and forth they shouldn't but you were doing some great work with search and rescue that uh, blending both those uh, and identifying uh, the story in the YouTube video that I saw was on a father whose son became lost in an avalanche and his frustrations from knowing that the that his son had a cell phone, that the signal was transmitting, but there weren't means of detecting that signal as part of the search and rescue. And really share with us how y'all were able to use that platform, your technology on a drone platform. Yeah, and, and really we kind of came about, unfortunately, after the picture I met uh, Michael May, that's whose uh, son was, was lost, Carson, to a tragic avalanche at Lake Tahoe. He was actually a ski instructor, um, and he was trapped for a, a period of a number of days, and his phone was probably pinging for about 30 hours. They could call it, but he couldn't respond, and they couldn't get to him in time. They tried to get some equipment, such as a stingray, which may, may, maybe some of your listeners are familiar with that law enforcement uses to hunt down cell phones, but it's expensive and you need court order and so on and so forth. It's difficult. Uh, We have a simple tool, a Wolfhound Pro Couple with direction-finding antenna, only a few thousand dollars that's used to hunt down, as you mentioned, in government agencies and correction facilities, cell phones. 
Well, one, one of our customers was a search and rescue uh, expert out of uh, Switzerland, and he coupled our unit to a drone and is using it actively for search and rescue throughout the Swiss Alps. And I got a call from, from Michael, and he said, hey, uh, I'd like to learn more about your technology. He had a friend that turned him on to us, and next thing you know, we, we started talking, and he formed a, a, a company trying to get this technology here in the United States, so we've partnered with him in trying to get the, the cell phone detection coupled with drone and search and rescue uh, experts out there so they have a, an effective tool they could deploy immediately, and it could be a disaster relief, it could be an avalanche, it could be a whole host of things, but it, it gives them another tool that's affordable that they can quickly deploy, and it's pretty exciting because it's something that you feel good about, it's saving lives, so... Well, when that starts to happen, you know, at the end of the day, we could all sleep better. Well, absolutely. And it, it's kind of flipping the script, so to speak, because y'all work with detecting from the, I'd say, nefarious standpoint of when there's some a, a signal being transmitted, be it through the cell phone or some other device. And you know, going back to the main topic of today's show is looking at the drones in airspace that even if you don't if they're not going to harm anything but just knowing that they're there but taking that technology and being able to flip it to say well okay when do we want to find that signal and using drones to do that that's a pretty unique view that it sounds like has a lot of potential for saving lives yeah i'm pretty excited about it because i mean up to now we, we we do sell um some drone detection solutions, and, and they all have their own, own technical limits like anything else out there. Uh, last year, we developed a system, and uh, it, was, it was really our software-defined radio for um, Wi-Fi and other out-of-band uh, stuff from 2 gigahertz to 5.9 that allows people to hunt down unauthorized drones flying over. And a lot of times, these are the, the news stories, the hobbyists that fly over the White House with the DJI or other things that are somewhat harmless but but cause a lot of concern <laughs> we're able to uh, for a wi-fi enabled drone we can actually look at the unique address it has there since it's wi-fi it's got a, a mac address identifying it we can find out the manufacturer we can tell you what the altitude is based upon the, the how far the signals propagate and more importantly we can hone in on uh, the drone's association to the the radio control like the pilot and then we can direction find and hunt down the actual pilot with our, our software-defined radio. And that's pretty exciting because if you do have a bad guy, let's say, that's trying to cause harm, and it could be, again, the White House or a sports stadium or maybe it's a, a radical, crazy guy with uh, explosives trying to take out a nuclear facility or something. I was going to say, or it could be the other football team trying to gain uh, some information, <laughs> you know? I mean, That'll it, be next, right? Or, exactly. Uh, so, Neil, how are you all able to identify what those communications are because you bring in that element that I haven't seen it utilized enough in perhaps some of the other uh, companies in that they tell you that oh we see a drone we have the audio we have the visual but y'all are able to take it sort of that next step and find that SDR component and see what the communications are are, correct? Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. And in fact, we are working with a couple other companies to take it to yet another level in, in the not-too-distant future, where the goal would be to take the drone out 
um, to take over the controls, a lot of different things. And again, all this has to be done without jamming because we know (laughs) that's illegal. And you can't shoot it down just yet. Can't shoot it down, at least not legally yet. Um, And then there's counter drone strikes and they drop nets and there's a lot of other things that are being done and tested. Um, There's still a lot of challenges out there. Audio tends to have a challenge where they have problems because once bad guys know that there's an audio signature for props that they can do is they can change the props and monkey around with the drone enough so you can't be detected. Uh, Radar is rather ineffective because if you fly the drone low, it can't be distinguished between birds and a drone, so it's not really a great solution there. So when we're looking at uh, Wi-Fi enabled drones, uh, so it meets the Wi-Fi protocol, and that's easy for us to then demodulate that information. And of course, a lot of drones are not necessarily Wi-Fi compatible, because there's always exceptions to the rules. Um, and there, again, it's software-defined radio, and we've got spectrum analysis, so we can put up a peak hold and look at the actual signature. And then there's probably 10-plus different uh, signatures that are kind of somewhat standard there with drones. So it gives you some kind of like artificial intelligence, so you can start to hone in on some of these things. And it still needs to be developed further and perfected a lot of these different methods of doing it, but it's starting to prove uh, that there are ways to actually differentiate drones from other wireless communication. I think that's the exciting part. So certainly a lot more research we're putting forth uh, toward this for keeping people safe. And and the most exciting part for me, again, is that search and rescue. To me, that's coupling that with cell phone detection. That's the ultimate solution. So I was going to say, because on an earlier show, we had talked about uh, your devices are spying on you, so to speak, and that when you have all these wireless devices in your home, in your car, your car has a hotspot. It's transmitting certain information or at least giving access to you. So understanding that that information is or those signals are going out there that y'all are, okay, it's not all bad. In certain cases, you're, like I said, flipping the script. You're using it to help and finding some beneficial uh, impact on the community. And Now, one of the things that Drew and I had spoke about a little bit earlier on the show is if we're, how do we distinguish between the wayward drone that really the pilot's not intending for it to be in that airspace or they don't realize they have flown over your energy utility facility? How do you tell, distinguish between that aircraft? And then we had looked at, again on prior show, what we call the war driving, the drones that uh, researchers had put a cell phone payload on it, and the cell phone was basically finding unsecured Wi-Fi access points and downloading information. In this case, it was researchers that were downloading financial information that had been sent to a printer. And we're gonna we're gonna jump to a commercial break, but if you yeah sure. you know, delve a little bit into that because I mean you are the expert and break this down so that even I can understand it. But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web, Web Radio. Forty five years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation, Passport Transport, the first and finest today. 
That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. We're chatting with Scott Shepard. Scott, I appreciate uh, your time and joining us and expertise because this next part uh, is really the exciting stuff for the geek inside of me and figuring out uh, how do you take it that step further with drone detection systems and the software definable radio. How do you know when that when that drone is a friend or foe based on its communicate because when everyone has access to commercial you know to the djis the phantoms i mean outwardly they look the same yeah and i think you make a great point there how do you distinguish between the, the, the good guys and the bad guys extremely difficult in certain cases such as restricted airspace um Obviously, nuclear facilities, any type of power generation, so on and so forth. You're you're restricted to have a drone fly at all. Some of the manufacturers, such as even DJI and others, are now putting in, uh, building in hard coding into their firmware. So there, there's waypoints where it will know, hey, this is a restricted area and it has to go around it or stop flying here. That's good. Of course, we all know the hacker and a lot of people will take it to the next level and disable that code across the boundaries. Or or count on it. You know, count on that that we're flying the aircraft or we're going to put it in autonomous mode Mm -hmm. uh, loaded with, you know, loaded for bear and it will disengage as soon as it gets close and that's all we need to disrupt. But, But when you've got the airspace isn't necessarily geofenced. So you're able, you know, talking about in an office setting, from a corporate espionage standpoint, how do I know when that drone... So I've got my drone detection system set up. How do I know when that drone is communicating with my network as opposed to knocking on the door to say, are you my radio controller? No, okay, and keeps going. Is there a way with the SDR to, to have that information? 
Well, well, in that case, where they're doing a flyover with a drone, and in the case I think you mentioned prior to the commercial break even, you, you, you can hook up a uh, like an access point, a bridge AP, and then you can look for open Wi-Fi connections there that you could then plant malware that you could scarf off information. It's been proven you could pull it off of people's mobile phones or fly it over the building or the infrastructure and, and pull out information and credentials and other things like that. Uh, difficult to actually prevent that other than you could use tools. And, and again, we make some tools. We have a Yellow Jacket series, which is, again, a software-defined radio that can sniff and see that a particular MAC address, if it's a uh, a drone that is Wi-Fi capable, again, we could obviously see it, or we could see an unauthorized uh, access to, to, to Wi-Fi. Yeah, then you could do is direction, find it, and, and you could take it out. How do you do that? Again, do you shoot it down? Do you disrupt its communication? You need to come up with a method to actually take it out. It's hard to take over that drone real-time and control it and fly it out just because of the time it would take to to interrupt the communication and, and take over the actual control from, from the RC uh, could be a big challenge. But I think we're getting closer and closer to that as well as other companies that are looking at that space. It's probably more important right now, can you even see the threat? In other words, a drone hovering outside my office, I'm up mm-hmm. on the second floor, can I detect that? That would give me a lot of information. Why? Because I can instantly disconnect my wireless access, number one. So there's things you could do to respond. Right now, people don't even realize they're being spied on. So step one, I think, is identifying that you are being spied on or potentially spied on by a drone that's, that's trying to hack in. And really, it's called a man-in-the-middle attack, mm-hmm. what, they're, what they're performing there. And that's what you want to prevent. It's very well known. It's easy to do. Usually, it's done remotely from a parking lot in a car where somebody drives up to a building. Why risk getting caught when you can fly a drone a half a mile or a mile away and do the same thing? Very, very powerful solution. So it and it sounds like is certainly with a lot of the commercial uh, commercially available, be it D drone, drone shield, drone watcher, you know any of these detection systems, they've gotten us to that first hurdle. They've gotten us to identifying okay, there's somebody in my airspace that I wasn't you know period. Whether I was planning on them being there, that's another story. And from the work y'all have been doing, it's, you've certainly got us to that second hurdle of through, and you mentioned several products that y'all have that identify what those communications are. Is someone connecting to my network? Are they doing that? And kind of that third hurdle still remains to be seen of, okay, I know they're in my airspace. I know they're doing something I don't want them to be doing. How do I get them out? Uh, now, where can because where where can listeners find out more information about some of those next step products or just the research that y'all have been doing? Websites to direct them to. Sure, sure. Well, our website certainly has a lot of articles, blogs, videos, information that they could download for free and just to get up to speed and educated to see what capabilities. Our products do have, and what other things are in the industry. Our, our website is um, BV Baker Victor, and then Systems spelled out plural S Y S T E M S dot com. They could find a host of information there, and then also my website um, is Scott Schober. That's S C H O B E R dot com. 
there's a host of information there as well, more focused toward um, cybersecurity and um, wireless detection and things like that as well. So you get a good mixture between those two websites. There's plenty of information. And I always tell people, too, if they have any questions, feel free to fill out the uh, request on there, and we'll try to get back to you, um, answer any questions, technical or otherwise. Well, thank you, and hopefully I can't encourage people enough to check that out because you will truly do have a wide range of resources available just on the education side, getting up to speed when, because where I've been approached in both part of my legal practice, but just from people at different events is, well, what happens from the utility, the energy space, you don't have this locked down airspace that how do we keep the drones out from where flying where they're, because not only we were talking a little bit about the malicious actors, but from a, a traffic perspective, you know, airports are looking at this, the FBI and the FAA are testing we have you know a high high traffic airport that maybe isn't at such a scale as Chicago or Hare or you know, Atlanta Hartsfield. Uh, what happens when you have airspace that you're still you've got a lot of traffic coming in and out of? How do you know what else is out there from a pilot's perspective? And it sounds like y'all are certainly helping tackle those questions. Yeah, absolutely. You, you make a great point there, especially the critical infrastructure. Last year I went down to Trenton State Capitol here in New, in New Jersey, and uh, they, they were passing some legislation and asked if they, I would testify on drones and their potential threat to critical infrastructure. And, and we were able to actually bring a, a, a drone there and, and demonstrate it live and show them some things and some simulations to give them a, a first-hand glance at what potentially could happen in this case it was a nuclear facility and some of the uh, information that we provided is used so they can actually put some laws in place so they can do something when they do catch people that that cross into that restricted area or go into critical infrastructure because there's very limited laws so they're trying to up the game for it's not just a little slap on the wrist but serious fines jail time uh, things of that sort to, to, to keep the bad guys from from thinking about doing it, which is really important. And We've done some R&D here, and we continue to do it. Some other unique methods that we're investigating that could give an early detection for a drone flying in, and in in essence, it's really more of what military um, and aerospace have used that's extremely expensive, and it's really reflecting. You, You transmit out, basically, radio frequency signals, and you'll measure back the reflected and disruption coming from the spinning props at a distance. Well, and it's it's bringing in that whole aspect of, you know, this industry does have a lot of deep roots with the military background, but it's evolved so much. I mean, because you don't want to end up with that situation similar to what you talked about with the White House, where there are nefarious actors, but sometimes they're just, you know, researchers or hobbyists that are flying in an area that really a strong wind came along and they didn't know the power of their aircraft or a battery died and they've lost signal. And so being able to tell friend or foe is going to be a key piece of that because 
you don't want to overreact if it is just a, in an inadvertent flying, but at the same time, you don't want to overlook that that malicious actor. Well, uh, that I think that's going to be the next hurdle, and it's going to be exciting to see what y'all have coming out. And are you, you mentioned that you are working with a couple of companies? Are you seeing more and more requests for folks who want to integrate your existing solutions into their systems, or? I think a combination of that and, and others that look at some of the things we've done, and they've got some unique IP, and, and probably it's the synergy between multiple companies bringing different things together from, as you mentioned, software-defined radios, um, algorithm development, because a lot of it, there, there are some, some signatures that are unique to the radio control side, which is very important, so you could hunt down the, these bad actors that are flying drones in and, and causing these threats. Exactly, and it's, it's, it truly is hunting, being able to identify when you can hunt down. And Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, uh, I encourage listeners, go to their website. Uh, you can catch a replay of this show, Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. We come to you live each Wednesday from 2 to 3. But podcasts are available on America's webradio.com buzz off with all your Liz and again I'm your host Elizabeth Wharton an attorney with Hall Booth Smith at Lawyer Liz on Twitter thanks for joining us and thanks to Drew Porter and tune in again soon until then keep up with the buzz you're listening to America's webradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio thank you for listening watchdog 